0: We're wrapping up the big travel industry stories of the past week. This week, Hello World's results for 2019-2020. After’s industry support package, some big airline moves, and the latest updates in cruising.
1: I'm Bruce Piper.
0: And I'm Anna Piper. From Travel Daily, this is News on the Fly. So Hello World has finally reported its results for the last financial year. Of course, heavily affected by COVID-19. Were they what the industry expected?
1: Yeah, because public companies have to report their figures within two months of the end of the financial year, we all expected Hello World to have theirs out last week, but they really kept us on tenterhooks right up to the last minute, only releasing them at about 7.30pm last Monday, the 31st of August. Not sure if that was a deliberate strategy, but they certainly kept us guessing, and I think the delay prompted lots of speculation about what they might be up to. Anyway, when they released the figures, all that was dispelled. They've pretty much played it with a straight bat – and the figures definitely reflected the strict discipline that CEO Andrew Burns has imposed on the business to help it survive through COVID-19. Of course, it's been pretty brutal, uh, but the company's cash spending's really been slashed. The cost of lots of jobs, you know, and other expenses, really cutting things back to the bone. But in this environment, they're doing their best to keep things going on life support until things improve.
0: And what was the overall result?
1: Well, as expected for anyone in travel at the moment, it was a pretty big loss—about 70 million dollars uh, for the financial year. But interestingly, most of that was due to write-downs in the value of intangible assets. So it's a hit to the balance sheet, but it hasn't really um, impacted the cash on hand very much. They wrote down about 67 million dollars in total. So so almost that whole 70 million dollars was intangible uh, asset write-downs based on the carrying values of the wholesale and inbound business, which they slashed by 52 million dollars. And there was another $13.5 million for the Travel Edge business, which Hello World bought back just in last October for $23 million. Unfortunate timing, but unfortunately that's just the way of the world in these crazy COVID times. So there weren't too many surprises in the Hello World result, and I think it was probably a lot better than some expected. The ongoing costs of running the business had been cut to a couple of million dollars a month, plus non-recurring costs of redundancies, etc. They're also benefiting from... JobKeeper. And with the recent $50 million equity raising, they've got a long runway of survival. In fact, Andrew Burns said the company could survive beyond the end of 2022, even under current conditions.
0: So did the results explain or go into detail about what they've been doing to deal with COVID-19 and the impact that that has had?
1: Yeah, there was a fair bit of information on this. They've cut their rents and occupancy costs by about 25%. uh, Interestingly, through negotiating with landlords... Andrew and Chinsia Burns themselves own the Hello World offices in Melbourne. So that would have been an interesting negotiation. They've also cut staff members by 35%. They said they've got about 730 people in Australia still, but the vast majority on reduced hours. There's people stood down. There's also 110 in New Zealand after a big restructure um, confirmed in the results. And so they've cut staff numbers in New Zealand by about 160. So the business there is much smaller. They've also obviously been working on refunds, saying they've already paid out more than $800 in full or partial paybacks to clients, and they've got ticket refund turnarounds to less than seven weeks. They also said wholesale and cruise refunds were under control, Um, not,
0: not sure exactly what that means. So moving on to other news, I saw that AFTA has released details of its budget submission that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, and as Darren Rudd told me back then, it's worth more than $100 million, about $125 million to be exact. Look, there's a range of measures. They're seeking grants on a sliding scale of up to $100,000 for travel agents uh, based on their turnover in 2019. But it's all going to be subject to a financial review of each business, which they're proposing that AFTA would be funded for to the tune of $5,000 per ABN that they're looking through. AFTA's also proposed that the Commonwealth would, get, would guarantee loans to agents through normal commercial banking facilities of up to $100,000 to help them rebuild their businesses post-COVID.
0: And so what is the next step now that the submission has gone in?
1: Well, now the hard work of lobbying begins, and Darren has announced what I think they're calling a national mobilisation program. Basically, a call to arms from right across the industry to get politicians to understand the reality of the financial landscape being faced by agents, tour operators and wholesalers. There's a mobilisation toolkit on the AFTA website, uh, which tells the whole industry how to set up a meeting with their local MP, speaking points, answers to tricky questions and a document to leave behind. AFTA is going to showcase this in a webinar next Wednesday and I'd really urge everyone to get behind this program because it's about time the government really understood the pain we're all going through. I know it's going to be an effort, I know it's something that's out of people's comfort zone but we've got the tools now, let's do it and raise the industry's voice. (laughs)
0: The big moment has arrived with the finalists for the 2020 Travel Daily Awards unveiled today. And that means it's time to vote for the suppliers who have best supported the industry through the dark times of COVID-19. Put in your two cents worth today by voting at awards.traveldaily.com.au. Voting is open until Monday the 14th of September, and we'll announce the winners in upcoming issues of Travel Daily, Cruise Weekly, Travel Bulletin, as well as, of course, this podcast. Vote now at awards.traveldaily.com.au. Once again, that's awards.traveldaily.com.au. So let's move on to cruise news. What have been some of the big stories there this week?
1: It's been interesting to see how cruise lines are working to put things in place once COVID-19 passes. Of course, you know, it's a highly sensitive issue given the ongoing negative mainstream media interest in cruising. But we also know that there's such a long lead time for cruising, for cruise sales and deployments. And so cruise lines need to start rolling out their itineraries for 2021 and 2022. On that lead time, Joel Katz from Clear said to me this week, he was talking to a a providor who who said, you know, if there's going to be cruisers operating in Australia in December, for example, he needs to be planting tomatoes right now. And that sort of really brought home how this whole industry supply chain for cruising happens. Anyway, so this week we've seen Viking cruisers put a whole lot of itineraries on sale uh, with very generous booking and cancellation conditions right out to 2023. Closer to home, we've seen Azamara cruisers open up its 2021 22 local deployment, which very excitingly for the Kiwi market includes an Azamara journey circumnavigation of New Zealand. And yesterday we also saw Princess Cruises release details of its 2021-22 cruises in Australia and New Zealand, of course, subject to the resumption of cruising. They're planning to have five ships operating locally, a lot of capacity, including some really interesting itineraries. And we've got Royal Princess and Emerald Princess, two of their big ships with the Ocean Medallion technology on board, operating out of Sydney. They're going to have Coral Princess departing from Brisbane, hopefully from the new cruise terminal, while Sapphire Princess will homeport in Melbourne, and Pacific Princess will also cruise locally. It's a really interesting move, and of course it's sensitive, given the scrutiny and negative publicity around Ruby Princess, but all of us in the industry know that there is a huge amount of pent-up demand, Clearly, Princess understands what their regular cruises are like and how likely they are to book these trips. So it's all pretty exciting. A vote of confidence in the future. Let's hope it's a major success and that these itineraries can operate as planned.
0: I also saw that there was a fair bit of controversy around Crystal Cruises and Virtuoso. What was that all about?
1: Look, as we know, a lot of stuff in the industry rightly goes on behind closed doors and doesn't deserve a public airing. But clearly, the tension spilled over a bit last month when Virtuoso sent an email to its travel advisors and agencies all around the world, basically warning them not to book with crystal cruisers. Now, there must be money outstanding, and Virtuoso said it was just responding to public statements by Crystal's parent company, Genting Hong Kong, which also owns Star Cruises and Dream Cruises, that it was placing a moratorium on payments to its financial creditors. Not sure exactly what that means, but the company has convened a meeting with its bankers, and it's also said it will continue to make payments necessary to keep the business afloat. But of course, there's a question mark over things, particularly in the current environment where there's no revenue for these cruise lines, and Virtuoso definitely ramped up its pressure on Crystal via this very public email, and I was quite surprised that after asking Crystal about it to get a response. I didn't expect it to be a company that would get back to me, and basically they did, and said it was a financial restructure on top of uh, recent public announcements that, by Genting that it is expecting to receive further investment in one of its cruise brands, which we believe is Crystal. Uh, Genting's also been pretty active in the cruise restart arena, with Dream Cruises now operating in a COVID-safe environment in Taiwan. They've also this week announced plans for a new operation in China's Hainan province, based out of Sanya. So let's really hope that the financial issues get sorted out right across the brands, not just Crystal, but also Dream and Star, because this company is definitely leading the restart of operations in Asia.
0: And finally, to wrap things up, I believe there's been a major departure announced from Air New Zealand. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, this is certainly the end of an era. Cam Wallace, who many of our listeners will have met over the years, has announced he's leaving Air New Zealand after almost two decades. I met Cam, who is Air New Zealand's Chief Commercial and Customer Officer, on Norfolk Island uh, during a familiar sort of trade show many years ago. And since then, we've shared a real lot of great experiences, um, particularly last year's inaugural flight to Chicago. Anyway, like lots of people in the industry, I do have huge respect for him. He really knows the aviation industry, he knows politics, and he also understands the importance of travel agents in the overall airline distribution mix. He's stepping down to, as they say, invest time with his family, but he will remain on a consultancy basis to Air New Zealand CEO, Greg Foran, until the end of the year. And then who knows? I guarantee we'll see him somewhere big on the global aviation stage in the future. So all the best, Cam. Hope we can keep in touch and that you don't end up too far
0: away. Absolutely. Thanks, Bruce. And listeners, just letting you know that once again, we have another bonus episode from last week's interview that Bruce did with Dennis Bunnick from Cato. The Zoom session was extremely popular, but if you didn't have time to tune in, we've summed it up in a 10-minute bonus episode. Get it where you get this podcast or at traveldaily.com.au slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.